the road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Relevant Recovery Radio. We're your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. I'm here. Hi. (laughs) This show is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. We have a two-week detox and two-year aftercare program. The detox portion is located inside St. Joseph's Hospital in beautiful downtown Houston. It's a 10 to 14 day medical safe detox program followed with two years of recovery coach and aftercare and recovery support. We have an app. We hook them up with sponsors and meetings and we do microcurrent neurofeedback in detox. And That's I, ISIS training. I, ISIS, yes. ISIS. I-A-S-I-S. Okay. And uh, and so our Matthew Soap clients leaving get that offered. Do you to guys them. do that in Afghanistan? No. Oh, okay. Do it right here in Houston. Oh, I mean it's all West, over. But it's on our, the West Loop, right? We have an outpatient clinic in the West Loop, and so if you or a loved one is curious about our detox program, our aftercare program, or outpatient ISIS, you can look us up on the web www. Don't do it today. M H D R P. dot org. Don't do it. Herbert oh, org. <laughs> or give us a call at 844-263-4673. Me or Andre will answer your call. Obviously, I won't be answering right now because I'm recording the radio show. Uh, and if you want any information about the outpatient ISS clinic, you can give Brittany a call at 346-980-9495. Love the Brittany. How else can people find our show, Donnie? Well, probably by listening to it today, um, we thank you for listening. We are being broadcast throughout the cosmos <laughs> on <laughs> KBRC nine fifty in Houston. <laughs> KB- I always, I always make jokes yes, about either do. no listeners or that the entire galaxy is listening to us. We have a pretty decent. Yeah. amount of listenership and it keeps growing and we do thank you we thank everybody out there that listens to the show i'm super grateful i think it's amazing i'm i'm shocked at how well our show is really doing and and so i'm just excited yeah. to be a part of it and to the two monkeys on a microphone educate. can do this no i mean i think that we serve a purpose i'm hoping that god's role that he's assigned us is that we can educate and bring the public to a greater <laughs> realization of the gravity of chronic alcoholism and chronic drug addiction yeah god has definitely gifted us for this so if you're in houston you're listening to us on kprc 950 1 p.m on sundays that's or, central time or you can go to the iHeartRadio app and kprc 950 has a channel on there and then every sunday in the afternoon our shows are uploaded to our own podcast which is a relevant recovery radio or yeah you can listen to all of our past episodes on yeah. the triple r channel on iheart or uh, facebook or instagram we're on there too you can follow share like comment all that so listen it's to weird us. that you have 12 million followers on that <laughs> facebook page that is really cool <laughs> anyways what's today's topic <clears throat> so today we're going to talk about anger we're going to talk about so I want to start this episode with a little bit of a, a disclaimer. So I make a lot of jokes. Yeah. I, I no, like, what? I know. <laughs> this is going to shock a lot of our listeners. Most of they're, my anger is because I'm trying <clears throat> to get you to be serious. They're staring at their listening device right now in wonder, awe, and shock at the fact that I said that. But 
what we're going to talk about today is anger. And a lot of my anger is directed at you. Yep. What I want to clarify is that I have no doubt in my heart, mind, and soul that God gifted you to me and that you're the most wonderful thing to ever happen in my life. I think I, that's true too. I couldn't, I could, <laughs> I wouldn't want to do life without you. Aww. We, we perfectly complement each other in every way. We're the, the right kind of opposites. I agree. But any two people trying to live together, it, there's tension. No two people are on the same exact page all the time. Yeah. And that you said, and I are two different people. Earlier this year, you, we got in a fight and you made me so angry I put a hole in our bathroom wall. <laughs> That's so... true. <laughs> Thanks to Robert for patching the hole in my bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Bob Jones. Um, so, I mean, the reason I want to talk about anger is because when we get through it and we look back on it, it's never for the reason like, um, like I'm, we're going to talk about like my anger last night. We're going to talk about some things in the recent past. When we get through that and I look back at it, it really has nothing to do with what I was angry about, or at no. least it's not <clears throat> what it is on the surface. You right. look deeper and it's something completely different. And that's why today's show is called Anger Danger, because I'm just hoping that we can bring the public to a greater real realization of the danger that anger creates in our hearts and in our lives and how it spills over. And why is that relevant to recovery? Well, for a lot of reasons, but I think that it's it's relevant to all humans. Every human experiences anger, but it's particularly relevant to drug addicts or alcoholics or people wanting to be in recovery or sobriety because it's poison for us. Um, the book says that resentment is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else. So many people continue to drink or relapse because they have all this built up justification or rationalization for the things that, that have been done wrong to them. Right. They it also says that anger. it also says that anger is the dubious luxury of other men, Normal not men. for us. But for us, these things are poison. Yeah. And so I want to talk about it from that angle because, man, I, I lived most of my adult life before heroin and before being in 12 steps, just an angry person. I couldn't complain, man. I could complain about my comp complaints. Yeah. I yeah. just was never married to the right person. I never had the right job. The kids didn't listen to me. And it I creates just a complained. perception. When you live in that, your perception is that everything's bad. It's all negative. You're not in a good space. I was just a victim, full of self-pity. No one treated me right. And, and it just was such a poison. And I was not aware of this. I was not aware yeah. of this until I worked the 12 steps. Right. But I was just not aware of how broken and faulty my perception was on the world around me and that it came out of me looking like anger. But truthfully, um, I was spiritually sick and full of fear was the core of it. And so I kind of want to dissect that with our listeners today to see if they can relate, if any of this fits in their life. <clears throat> well, the thing is, too, that when we have anger, like somebody like me, I'm a grudge builder. What? Yeah, uh, like a bionic grudge builder. So I get angry at somebody, and my reaction is just to shut them out of my life. And I'll build a grudge. And and until some things have happened in my life with some long-term grudges that we'll talk about later, I had no idea the weight of that anger and that grudge on me. I had There is a speaker that you and I both love, and he talks about it like this. Holding a grudge, having this anger is like me drinking poison hoping and the other hoping person dies. you die. Yep. That's right. So we'll jump back into this when we get right back.
Welcome back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio with hosts Heather and Donnie Mosier. We're talking about anger danger, but before we jump back into that, I wanted to give our Matthews Hope phone number. If anyone is curious about our detox and recovery program, please give us a call at 844-AND-HOPE. That's 844-263-4673. So before the, bro- before the break, we were talking about you holding grudges. And I think it's, that you're the master. I think that yeah. when, like, for instance, you'll probably talk about the one with your your mama, and you literally well, played I mean, the quiet game with her for eleven years. Yeah, she wasn't acting the way I really wanted her to. And so you shut her out, and you held that grudge for a long time. Well, and what we figured out about anger is that it's typically not about really what. So I was mad at my mom for a long time. I was mad at her because, oh. This is going to get real, right? Mm-hmm. But it just is what it is. She uh, was sort of a, not even sort of a, she's a prescription drug addict. She passed away about a, a year and a half ago. Uh, and she was a real burden to me and my brother. So we grew up where she had all kinds of problems. And me and my two younger brothers sort of raised ourselves, which, uh, you know, is what it is. <clears throat> And so we, we were raised with really no supervision, no mom. Uh, I will tell you this, my brother and I wouldn't have it any other way, right? We we had to build some character pretty fairly quick or we would not have been successful. But, okay, she was very needy. She was a burden. And I had to do things for her. And when I look back, the reason I was angry with her wasn't really about that at all. It was about that she always wanted money or things or needed something from me, and I was so selfish that I didn't want to give anything. She to was her. inconvenience. Very much. On the surface, I was angry because she was a drug addict, an alcoholic, and 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 she would guilt us and burden us. The truth of the matter is that I didn't want to be bothered, and I knew, I was tired of paying for. I mean, there was one time she's in like, I don't know if she was in her apartment still or if she was in assisted living, and she wanted a printer. Mm-hmm. And my question was why? Why? <laughs> Why, why do you why do you need a printer? What are you going to print? You don't leave your place. Like yeah. you're sitting there all day. You have a screen in front of you. We've bought you laptops, iPads, whatever. Like what do you need a printer for? She just wanted a printer. That was just part of her illness that she would Maybe get something. Maybe she just wanted a printer. But we had been providing things like that. Mm-hmm. And she had she was a hoarder, so she had an apartment just full of junk. Yeah. Um, but in my mind, it was like, I've had enough. And so literally that was the incident that I didn't talk to her for 11 years after that. Wow. I was like, you know what, I'll buy you the printer. printer, but that's it. We're done. Like, I'm not talking to you anymore. Wow. And so then I held that grudge for 11 years, which I do believe earned me a championship trophy for the quiet game. Longest quiet game ever, maybe. Maybe most damaging as well. Yeah. Because what I didn't realize is what it was doing to me. And because that's where we got together and got married. And I just remember you had already had several years in sobriety in the program. And I was shocked you had never made amends to your mother. I was shocked that you're like, no, I don't speak to her. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but this is what we do for like our sobriety and our spiritual growth. Like, like I have some resentments on my parents too, but we got to make amends. I got the opportunity later. I got the opportunity. Which I, 
watching you walk through that and make that amends, because not only did you do the direct amends and you said the things, you lived it out for the next two years of her life before she passed by being by her side and 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 correcting that wrong, make changing the behavior. You right. can't make amends for unchanged behavior. You can't say, oh, I'm sorry for not talking to you and then continue to not invite her into your life. You have to change the behavior. Otherwise, it's a worthless amends. Right. And I, and I want to talk more about all of that. Right. But I think it's almost too deep, too quick. So when we talk about anger, we're talking about resentment. Mm -hmm. Right. You agree with that? Well, yes. When we're when I'm talking about anger, I'm talking about to refuel a sense of injustice. Because typically we don't just go, I'm mad at you, and then boom, it's gone, wiped off the table, never think about it again. And so, it's not the way it works. It, to refill a sense of injustice is kind of the, the definition that the 12-step world adopts. And so it doesn't matter if it happened to you yesterday or 25 years ago. When you think about it, if you still refill a sense of injustice, that's a resentment. That it, becomes a resentment. So uh -huh. anger is in the moment, but when you refill it... It's a resentment. Okay. So is it, remember there, there was that friend of ours in the fellowship that used to argue with me that anger is not wrong. <laughs> yeah. You remember that? Well, it just goes against everything that our literature says because it talks so much about it being poison. But it is a natural human True. reaction. Lots of things are natural human reactions that separate us from God. What, we have, we need awareness it? of that. So what causes anger? Generally, I think fear or inconvenience. Fear and or expectations? Expectations. Unrealistic expectations of others is or, premeditated or in, well, resentment, period. Let, let's just say any expectation of others, mm -hmm. right? I, I'm not going to assign you the role to play. It's your role to play. And if I have <laughs> expectations on how you're going to play it, right? Oh, you've got expectations, all right. I sure do. <laughs> I do. And but, we'll, we'll do a whole separate three-part so, series on just my list. Oh, goodness. But no, so I can relate because I just want to say when it comes to resentment, or anger. Um, I spent a lot of years resenting my mom. Mm -hmm. And you've met my mom. She's the sweetest, kindest, I love most her. loving woman. I love just self-sacrifice. When I'm around her, I just want to hug her. The fact that I would refill injustice and treat her horribly is insane to me today. But that's how I behaved for 34 years. I was always angry towards her. What was the base of it? <laughs> my selfishness. She, you wanted something she couldn't provide or you expected well, something she wouldn't multi, give? It's always multi-layered. But yeah. I, felt, um, I felt like God gave me the wrong mom because she was mentally ill and so she couldn't take me shopping or, you know, go get nails or teach me about boys or puberty or house cleaning or all that. My mom, my mom suffers from schizophrenia. And so sometimes she, I feel like a physically abusive mom would have been better for, for you. me. More that's suited. what I needed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she was so kind to me. But the fact that I was mean, I just, here's what it felt like in my mind though. You annoy me. Did you it, have friends that had parents that were normal? Yeah. That provided things your mom couldn't? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and so it, it was like I just resented her because I had an expectation of what she should have been like as a mom mm -hmm. and she didn't meet that expectation. Therefore, yeah. I'm angry. Yeah. Period. And so I treated her like crap for it. Yeah. You know, I just I did so many things all, from my teen years on up until, you know, my drug years until I got sober. But... I regret so much of that, and I can look back at that with a lot of shame and guilt, but... What spiritual price did you pay? Oh, here's what I didn't know. When I harbored those feelings about her mm -hmm. in me, it shut me off from having any meaningful connection spiritually to God. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, because I can't be spiritually connected to God because I'm fill filled with anger towards her, all sorts of horrible things uh, 
resulted in my life. I struggled with heroin addiction, but also anxiety and depression and controlling behaviors. I yelled at my own kids. I ended up leaving my kids when I was not sober. Um, and so I didn't get to raise them for seven years. And when I wrote the inventory and I was really taking a look at it, not only did I treat my mom horribly in a way she didn't deserve, I was not the daughter she deserved, so I wasn't playing the role God has assigned me, but I'm also a hypocrite because I ended up leaving my own children, not raising my own children, just for a different reason, and so I was no better than her. It was a very humbling, pride-smashing experience that I needed. Well, it's almost like we focus on what we're angry at them for to avoid our own buffoonery, Yeah, you know? Yeah, and I just didn't want to take a look at that, but man, I really wanted to be sober, yeah. And I had no idea that these resentments or anger that was harbored in me, I had no idea that that was shutting me off from having a connection to God, and that's why I couldn't stay sober. Mm. I had no idea. And and it was just this epiphany as I'm writing resentment inventory and I'm taking a look at, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so many blames or faults or wrongs or mistakes, or I'm a hypocrite, or I'm blaming others, or I'm full of self-pity here, or I can't believe I behaved that way. It was taking a really gross look at myself under a microscope. And I don't think the rest of the world gets an opportunity to do that um, in day-to-day life. Right. And and it was it disgusted me. I my behavior for the last 34 years disgusted me. So, and I really wanted God's help to be different. I wanted to be free from it. I didn't want to feel about her the way I'd always had. It wasn't right. So we see what anger is. We see how it affects us. And what I want to talk about next is sort of, okay, cool. So when you recognize it, what do you do about it? Because it seems like in the moment, once I've reacted, it's too late. Yeah. All I can do at that point is calm down and cool it off. So when we come back, I want us to talk about what happened last night. Okay. Because that's a really good example. So we're going to fight on the radio. We're going to fight. These are fighting words. We're going to fight. As soon as we come back, don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Celebrity Deathmatch with Donnie and Heather Mosher. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Welcome back to Relevant Recovery. Uh, we're talking about anger, the dangers yeah. of anger. And we've given some examples based on like family of origin, mommy stuff. But I want us to talk about last night because that's a moment where anger has cropped up. But because of a past history, it's actually a resentment because we continue to refuel and continue to argue over the same topic. Would you like to dissect this for our yeah, listeners? I'll, so I'll give the scenario. I'll try and be... Um, brief as I can, mostly summary. See you tomorrow. <clears throat> but it, like it's a it's a whole thing. It's not it's as simple thing. as. Okay, so it's about a mattress. You're a miser. <laughs> you're a miser, yeah. and I am an unbelievable throw the money out the window spender. Yes, let's just be honest, right? We are extremes. We are, okay. and so it's hard for us to come together and be on the same page with money. Right, and but so, we both want good night's sleep, and we both want a mattress. Here's the funny thing: is that our bodies are different. Okay, so you're a miser, I'm a crazy spender. Yeah, right. So we're both extremes on that. Polar scale. opposite. You eat like garbage, but it doesn't affect you that bad. I eat like garbage, and it completely affects me. Yep. Right. So we have that going. So there's all these things operating. So let's let's run through it, and I'll just give you the whole rundown, and sort of. What happened? What made me angry? And then how I dealt with it and where I'm at with it today. Because we've been dealing with this mattress saga for Lord. a while. Lord, help us. Okay. <laughs> 
Well, it really started with the fact that I can never seem to get my eating correct. So yesterday, around 11.30 or 12, I ate half a steak. I think I had a couple of pieces of like link sausage, and I was good. And I wasn't hungry. And I went to small group tomorrow night. Last and I, night. I get home. I mean, last night. I get home around 8 30 and you decide to eat before and I was we go trying, to bed and i've been trying not to do that i want i want to stop eating at six but it's but not I was good for hungry. him he does it anyway it's not good for him i was hungry yeah. so i went ahead and ate knowing that now my sleep's going to be affected because okay. you can't go to sleep for some reason when you eat at night you but what good. doesn't help is that we have a tiny bed <laughs> we don't have a tiny bed we have a tiny bed it's a queen bed and when you go to bed your body goes into nuclear reactor <laughs> mode where it's not even a temperature of fahrenheit anymore it's kelvins <laughs> you go to like 3 to 4 kelvins I'm of cold heat. natured i don't know what you're talking about i'm always cold i right. put my whole body under the covers and here's the problem is that i'm your warming rock and you're a lizard <laughs> right okay so we go to bed and here's what it brought up, and here's what happened, is we're laying in bed, and I'm squished over to my... We're in a queen-size bed. Yeah. Now, I'm a six-foot, 220-pound man. I'm, I'm not a little guy. No, you're not. Now, you're a little gal. Yeah. But I'm not a little guy. <clears throat> All right. So now I'm squunched between the edge... Squunched? And squunched. Your, and your... <laughs> I'm squozing. I'm squozing <laughs> between the edge and your pillow. Yeah. Because you have to now have a pillow between me and you to put your legs on or whatever, because I won't let you put them on me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You said I'm too hot, so I got to put a pillow in between, so I put my knee on it. So now I've got stomach, right? My I've got food in me. I can't go to sleep. Now I have, I'm being forced out of my bed by you and your pillow. Mm. And and immediately my brain went to, we're here because you're a miser. <laughs> okay, hold on, pause. Got to stop there with the story, because I want to give my perspective up to that point. Okay. In my perspective, You're wrong. our sleep oh, schedule sorry. has been way off. Yes. We keep talking about not eating We before bed. We keep talking about getting to bed early and, and just only watching one episode of our show and this and that. And you come home last night and, okay, you're eating. Okay, that's your business. Um, and you're like, what are we doing now? I'm like, let's go to bed. <laughs> let's watch our show and go to bed. Wanted to go to bed. And so we watched the one episode. And I'm trying to get comfortable, and, and you take up way more of the bed than I do, and i got to get my pillow right and all this stuff. And and it was crazy because I'm trying to cover up my face because it's cold in our room. You like oh. it cold, and I'm so cold, and I have to cover up my whole body, my whole head included. By the way, cold is 71. There's people that sleep. <laughs> literally, the optimum sleep temperature is 68, so but cold, I leave it at 71. So I'm under all the covers. I don't like the fan on, but the fan is on because you like the fan. And so I just feel like I've already compromised a whole lot for your comfort at the this point right mm. and so mm. <laughs> right this is in my head and so you can't go to sleep you keep moving you keep moving you keep moving and every time you move the pill the, the covers come off my head and i have to mm. move it back what and, i really wanted to do in that moment was take a pillow and, so and put it snugly me. over your head <laughs> and then since you can't sleep and you keep moving you turn the tv back on oh so like and forget so, it I and can't so then sleep. the light is on and then the, the sound is on you're not even just doing closed captioning i almost fell asleep four different times yeah. and you kept waking me up and I am just like about to lose my ever loving mind okay so now at That's this moment <laughs> here's what happens now my brain goes back to the beginning of the bed saga oh which has been months in the making of us arguing so about which mattress to buy I have been 
but I have been complaining about the mattress for a year. Mm-hmm. Let, let's say, let's be fair. Let's say six to six to twelve months. I've been complaining about our, our older we mattress. We needed a new mattress. We needed a new mattress. I bought a five hundred dollar mattress in the in the first place five years ago. Yeah. Five years ago. We needed so, a new, right, new mattress. Right. We needed a new mattress, but my miser wife did not want to buy one because she didn't want to spend the money the, until wait wait. It's funny. Let's be fair. Until she experienced it, we were at an Airbnb. And just, she uh, she woke up the the, mor- the morning after the first night we stayed the there. And she goes, sleep. "Oh my god, I can't move. I'm cricked." And she, and she looked at me. She goes, "Is this what it's like for you?" I said, "Every night." And she goes, "Okay, we'll buy a mattress." Okay, so in my mind, he'd been complaining and complaining. Now the mattress is fine to me. I sleep fine. I wish he would just get over it, but he wasn't getting over it. And so we went and stayed in an Airbnb. It was horrible. I hated my life the next day. And so I was like, "Okay, we need to get a mattress." But the mattress he wanted was like really expensive. What? No, no, no. Let's start. And so no, I developed no. a scheme. I developed a scheme. Hold on, we got to back up because you're skipping over a part. Uh-huh. Yeah, so the mattress that we have now is what I wanted originally because I was told <laughs> yes. that it was good, right? It was a Helix, but it was uh, yeah. You wanted to buy the Helix, and I thought but it was too was expensive. Prob- no, the problem was that we didn't have the cash, and we would have had to put it on a credit card, which I'm completely against. And my miser wife was like, "Absolutely not. We're not touching savings or the credit card." Yeah. And so to get around that roadblock, I said, well, we can go to this store. It's a popular mattress store. Well, I'm not gonna, we're up. not going to say their name because I'm not I'm not saying their name either. But listen, it was before that. So at that trip with our friends, when we had the horrible mattress, though, I did. Yeah. That, the idea I had when you were out fishing was let me just get him to a mattress store. And get him to buy another four or five hundred dollar cheap regular mattress <laughs> that'll last us a few years. I want to suffocate you now. And then, and so that was my whole scheme. And so when you're like, let's go to a mattress store, I'm like, bet, right. let's do this. Now, however, I let you go into the store without me, and you picked the but most hold expensive on. No, mattress hold on in the whole store. Hold on a minute. So the whole reason I wanted to go there is because they were offering. Zero percent finance for right. like five years, and so we could get and so it's it. Like, and just cool. Make the we won't touch savings or the credit cards. I can get a mattress and actually sleep because my delicate wife suffered one night of no rest, and now we can buy a mattress <laughs> when I've been suffering this for six months or a year. Yeah. So okay. <clears throat> so we do. We go in there and I try some mattresses out, and the one I wanted was like thirty nine hundred bucks. So it was expensive. Plus the platform, plus all this. That was all you. The Whatever. platform was you. So we end up spending three times more than if we had just bought the Helix that you wanted in the first place. But it was going to be like place. 100 bucks a month, no interest, Whatever. it was fine. So, okay. It was fine. Okay. So we get the new mattress and we hated it. Uh, I couldn't sleep. It was worse. Hated it, hated it. it and was- we're on a queen. <laughs> and so because in my mind that night, this is what happened in an instant last night in bed. In my mind I went, because of her budgeting miserism... <laughs> We had to go first, go to that mattress store. Trying to save money. When we went to return it within the 100 nights, it cost us $500. $500 to return it just, just to get the, the Helix second. They wouldn't take the adjustable platform back. back. So, so we had we're to stuck stick with, with that. Queen. So now what does that do? Well, now in your miser mind is we have to stick with a queen because we can't just not have the platform. Now We paid for the platform. We got to have the queen. So- all in a moment, my mind went, she's a miser. We're stuck with this mattress, all because she's cheap. She's trying to save money. <laughs> and now I'm going to be stuck on this queen-size bed fighting for space for the next five years. So that's that's what happened last night. That all And so came... what I did is I moved around enough where I just got so angry. I was like, that's it. And I got up, I went upstairs and played video games until 2 o'clock in Which the morning. Which is progress. That's, that's what I wanted to get at because <laughs> you weren't punching holes in walls. You weren't cussing at me or doing, you know. Well, so it crossed my mind that really I should throw a fit and wake you up. 
And it's like, no, let me just go. Let me leave the room. I'm gonna. I can't sleep anyway. This is really my deal. It wasn't. I couldn't sleep either till you finally left the room. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I shouldn't have eaten at eight forty at night, right? Yeah. So this goes back on my poor decisions. Yeah. Um, but when I went upstairs, because I took the time, because I didn't want to fight about it right then, I didn't want to argue about it, I took the time to really dissect it. And so here's what I came to, that really I should have paused when we were making these decisions and really tried to work it out with you instead of just trying. I was just scared I wasn't going to get a mattress, so I'm like, fine, whatever it takes, I'll, we'll do what you want to do. When really I should have talked with you more about it. We should have played the scenario out. We should have... so. Part of my anger was with myself that I didn't pause us as we've gotten more and deeper into this mattress nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also angry at myself for making a poor decision and eating even though I was hungry. It's like I shouldn't have. I should have just gone to bed hungry, drink a bunch of water or something. And I, I recognize that my anger is really a fear that I'm going to be dealing with this for the next five years and, and all of this. So. Yeah. It was a culmination of all of that, but when you harbor that in, it shut you off from the sunlight, the spirit. Because the true anger really had not much to do with you. Right. So So. let's take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to talk about the solution side of dealing with anger. We'll wrap her up. (laughs) Be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio with Heather and Donnie Mosher. This show is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. If you or a loved one would like any information about our detox, visit mhdrp.org or give us a call, 844-263-4673. We are talking about anger danger today. And before the break, I I bet you so many people that are like married couples, couples living together, the listeners, they're cracking up because even our producer, Will, we were talking during this break about how relevant the sleep issues or the temperature of the house. Like last night when you got home at nine o'clock, you were legit upset with me. I got in bed and it was 74 in the house. You yelled and I'm like, I'm supposed to leave it uncomfortably cold for me when I'm the only one home? I feel I feel the kind of anger you feel when you see a child caged in an animal cage. Well, I just I I was home alone, so that was a I weird have, I, that was really weird. I'm just going <laughs> to skip over that. I have a right to turn it up if I'm the only one there. Yeah. You know, and so so the, no, no. I, oh, sorry, you don't. No, you agreed with me. I'm going to go with that. And so this has just been a reoccurring thing where we've had like three mattresses. Now we got rid of that one. We got the helix and blah blah blah. But now we're stuck with the queen size because of the platform. And we just keep digging ourselves deeper. Do because we my spend wife more money to get out of it? What is the solution? All right. So we we've talked about, and so this is how these little angers build and build and build. Right. Yeah. So it starts out as something that's. I'm angry that you're not acting the way I expect you to, or I'm angry that I feel there's some injustice to me, or I'm angry that just... It's, it's weird how we take it personal, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it is. It's weird how I feel like you are disrespecting me by turning the air down. And you feel like I'm disrespecting you by not wanting to spend money. Like, it's weird that people take the human nature, the human condition of harboring these things, the sick side of it, is that we take it personally and we feel like there's been an injustice done to self. I, I, I just want to sleep. I just I just want to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Can I sleep? What's I just funny sleep. is there's two more mattresses upstairs. I'm thinking that people in the 50s had it right when they Separate slept. Separate beds? Se- yes, yes. Um, okay, so... <laughs> So let's go back to, because 
the way this worked out is everything that went down last night, you and I have not had a curse word at each other. No. We've not got upset. We've not. I thought it. Sorry, me too. Yeah, definitely thought it, but we didn't act on those impulses. Correct. We knew, based on our experience with seeking so, spiritual guidance on anger, that we should not react. We should wait, pause, and respond later and talk so here's it out. So here is the problem with not dealing with anger. Um, I was, yeah, what you're saying is you can't just bury it down and bury it down. What happens if you do that? I was 24 years old, and my I had just met, I had met my, my mom gave my sister up for adoption before she had met my dad and had me. So I have an older sister. She's two years older. And I met Mandy around probably 21, 22. Mm-hmm. Now I was a highly selfish, on the way to being an alcoholic guy. So, and this has, it like literally, she couldn't be sweeter, kinder. I've met her. She is the nicest She's person. Just like my an mom. Amazing They're just person. the kindest people. Real good heart. Like, yeah. Um. Anyways, she didn't act the way I wanted her to. She wasn't presenting what I wanted her to. It just had nothing to do with her. And so I literally did not talk to her until January of 2021. So we are talking 25 years. I didn't talk to her. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just cut her out of my life. Now, do we see a pattern here? My ex-wife and I uh, used to help my mom out. We would go to her her apartment. Like I said, she was a hoarder. We'd go over there once every few months. Shovel with, stuff out. With glad outdoor trash bags and literally a snow shovel and shovel trash out and take it out. And we did what we could for my mom and my brother Scott and my brother Eric. We all did what we could for mm-hmm. her. Um, so in, I don't even remember, 1998, 99, we went... My my aunt and uncle, my granddad, my granddad came in town to move my mom up to Illinois to be with my sister Mandy to take care of her better. She just has was has always had an inability to take care of herself. Your mom. Mm-hmm. And so when the family went to her house and saw the condition of it, when I showed up at my uncle's house in Spring Branch, I'm like, "Hey, I'm here." They went off on me because they were mad about the condition. How dare home, you let your mom live that know. way? How, and they had no clue what me and my brothers had been through. They have no clue what we went through. And I got angry. Like, mm-hmm. how dare you? You weren't there when we didn't have food on the table. You weren't there when they'd shut our power off. Like, you, were you there weren't when, there. When y'all shoveled the crap out Correct. monthly. Correct. They just happened to show up when it was time for us to come over and clean it up again. So anyways, that anger turned into a 20-something year quiet game. I didn't talk to them. I harbored that resentment. Until I your that. mom was in the hospital <clears throat> passing away and, and you yep. got an opportunity to let that grudge go. I was in the hospital, so she went into hospice from ICU on a Monday, Um, and I didn't know if she could hear us. She was in a coma, and that day, her brother, her older brother, this is a different uncle, came by to say hello, and that day, me and my brother Scott are talking about, like, we know what the end game is here, Mm -hmm. and I know that I'm going to have to talk about her, and I didn't have anything nice to say. Mm. My Uncle Jim shows up, and he grabs her hand, and he says, Shirley Ann, you knock this off, and you get well, and you go home. And her whole body started shuddering, and she was, like, reacting. And so I knew at that moment she She could could hear hear. me. Yes. So my brother, Scott, was really kind of the hero of the family. He has taken care of her when she probably should have been living under a bridge. He's always made sure she had what she needed. She was in assisted living. Whatever she needed, Scott was there yeah. for her. So this was my opportunity to say, Scott, go home. I'm here. And I stayed there as much time as I could. I stayed overnight when they would let me, and I did all that. And I began talking to my mom, and I began 
I started reading the Bible to my mom. Mm-hmm. I read Matthew. I started to read uh, Mark to her. But some things happened, right? Some things happened when I was reading to her like God was speaking to me. Mm-hmm. And I read that passage in Matthew about forgiveness, and it spoke to my heart so much. Mm-hmm. So Tuesday, Wednesday, my brother comes in and he says, hey, um, I need to know, I'm going to update Mandy. And I said, give me your number. Now, I haven't talked to her in 20 years. That's the years. sister. Mm-hmm. I said, give me your number. And he goes, what? <laughs> You're going to call her? Yeah. Because two years prior, I had said the same thing for my mom. See, I was ready to let go of that grudge and just do my best to be a son. It was beautiful watching you walk through that of staying up there, reading to your mom, spending that time. And then you come home with like, I called Mandy, you called your sister and y'all were talking and she planned a visit and came and stayed with us. And, and well, you talked to the aunt and the uncle. All these I had grudges. held this grudge and I had this idea of this interaction that was going to take place. And when I talked to my mom two and a half years before she passed. And I said, hi, mom, it's me. And I'm sorry, I haven't called you. She didn't yell at me like I had envisioned. She didn't, wasn't mad. She just said, I love you. Please don't do that again. Please talk to me. Mm-hmm. And so Scott invited me to go eat with them on Sundays. And I did, and we rebuilt that relationship. But the same thing with Mandy. Mm-hmm. Like all of these people give me such grace that I cannot afford others for some reason. Mm-hmm. I get this anger, I build this resentment and I can't get rid of it. Okay. So that day in the hospital, I just called her. I just said, hey, it's it's Donnie. And she was like tearful, overjoyed. And she said the same thing. Just please don't do that again. Like, I love you and I just want to talk to you. And our relationship has been amazing ever since. Mm-hmm. And then my aunt and uncle, the ones I hadn't talked to in 20 years, same they thing. show up. Same thing. And here's what happened is when I let go of that anger, when I just said, that's it, I'm not going to be angry over this anymore. A hundred pounds lifted off to my shoulders. Yeah. And it's something that happened to me that was... I can only say was God, was that by the end of the week, when my mom passed, all I could remember was the good stuff. Mm-hmm. All I could remember was the things she did for us. And I think the only reason that happened was because I finally just let go of self and I let go of this anger and I let go of all of these things that were burdening me and holding me down and keeping me from seeing the good. Right. And I think that that's the whole magic when you try to help someone realize that it doesn't matter if you think it's justified anger, if you think you're justified in not liking or, you know, it it's poison for you and it prevents all the good that could be in your life when you harbor an end. And so the magic is to ask God to help you let it go. Yeah. And and I am so grateful for the change in you. I'm grateful that I have a good, loving relationship with my own mom today who, for however many years she has left. I'm grateful that I have the, the God-given ability to treat my mother as the mother she deserves me to be treated. Like, I'm the daughter she deserves now, and I'm just forever grateful for it. So I encourage our listeners to see what anger you can release and let go and seek God in that. And don't forget, those who stand for anything, nothing will fall for anything. Hashtag God, though.